Welcome to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. WellMed Radio will educate you about health and wellness for seniors and their families throughout Bear County in Central Texas. During the next hour, your hosts Ron Aaron and nurse practitioner Cora Zuk will share information that will help you improve your health and wellness. And now, here's Ron Aaron and Cora Zuk. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Cora Juke, our nurse practitioner co-host, is on special assignment today. So it is just me and our very special guest, who we will introduce in a moment. You hear us on 9.30 a.m. The answer and podcasts of all of our shows are available. Just uh, go to Google and Google WellMed Radio, and the podcast will pop up. And you can download them, send them to friends and neighbors and family, uh, and have a chance to hear shows that you wanted to hear Again and again, if that is your choice. Our special guest today is Bethany Davis. She is a registered nurse, has a master's in science and nursing, and is clinical programs manager for WellMed Medical Management and hangs out at the corporate office, but probably isn't there a lot. You, you move around from place to place? Sometimes I do. Sometimes we'll go out into the markets, into the clinics. Um, we have several clinics in San Antonio and surrounding areas. Well, we thank you for coming in. You've been a registered nurse for only 21 years. You don't look that old. So <laughs> obviously you were just a kid when you started all Absolutely. this. <laughs> a native Floridian and a mom to five kids, age 12 to 30, and you still seem pretty sane to me. Oh, well, exercise keeps me sane. Chasing kids around. Absolutely. And you're a biker too, right? Yes, I am. I'm a triathlete, actually. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Uh, biker not meaning motorcycles, meaning <laughs> Cyclist, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cyclist, that's exactly what I meant. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing now. Uh, and for a lot of years, you were right there on the line as a nurse, labor, delivery, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. So um, I began as a labor and delivery, delivery nurse. I did that for 10 years. Uh, loved it. Loved helping moms uh, deliver babies. Um, didn't think I'd ever leave. I actually was recruited to go help the um, San Antonio uh, South Texas Blood and Tissue Center set up a public um, nonprofit uh, a cord blood repository. Did that for about uh, seven years. We ran out of funding and wound up going um, over to WellMed, and I've been there ever since. Been there for about four years now. I am a clinical programs manager. I um, have a great job. I lead a team of nurses here in San Antonio that offer patient education to our seniors in our clinics um, in San Antonio and surrounding areas, as well as our senior centers. Um, Lots of my other activities that keep me busy, um, special projects that I have under my wing. We have a student program. We have a nurse recognition program. We also have a clinical advancement group that we work um, to try to help clinicians from medical assistants all the way up through residents um, find uh, their place in WellMed, either as a student or as an employee. And you uh, try to encourage uh, those who want to do it as a nurse to pursue being a nurse practitioner. That is part of what we do as well, yes. I mention that because Cora Juke, our co-host, is a nurse practitioner now working on her uh, doctorate at University of Texas in Houston. Yes, very exciting. Very and she was exciting. saying to me in a few years, she wouldn't be surprised to see that degree required for nurse practitioners. There has been some discussion about that. I know that there's, um, at all levels of nursing, there's a push to get all associate degree nurses to the level of- Upward a, push. Yeah, to a bachelor's nurse, and then our bachelor's okay. degree uh, nurses wanting to do any sort of leadership to get a master's degree, and then some of our master's prepared nurses currently, like our nurse practitioners, to go on for that doctorate as well. Now, do you miss the uh, face-to-face patient contact? You know, um, I do. I absolutely uh, loved what I did, but I loved each uh, new step in my career so much more that it it made it worth it, if that makes any sense. And um, I guess I've kind of gone from the the cradle to the other end of the spectrum now, you know, working with newborn babies. Now I'm with the elderly, and I just love it. I absolutely do love it. When I do get to go to the the senior centers and the clinics for site visits, I get to um, be around the patients, and it's just an amazing experience. Any of your uh, children interested in going into uh, the medical profession? My oldest uh, uh, daughter is a physician. She's um, currently doing a fellowship out in um, Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And she's the only one so far. The other ones um, have not expressed any interest, but we'll see. There's, you know, Where did she go time. to medical school? She actually went here to UT. 
Mm-hmm. Utesca. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We're very proud of her. I was going to say, how did you feel the day she graduated? Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Best feeling ever. From white coat day to graduating. Yep. And it just went by in a blink of an eye. I know it feels so long to her. And now she's finally finishing up her fellowship year. And she's got a great career rating for her uh, in Louisiana. She's going to be going to in September. We're very excited. What does she want to do? Uh, pediatric anesthesia. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I met a woman, uh, as I mentioned off the air, we have three young kids, five-year-old twin boys and a seven-year-old girl. And uh, one of our youngsters uh, needed to have a uh, a tooth that she'd cracked Mm. uh, swimming, and uh, it needed to come out. And they uh, actually had her go in as an outpatient. And I met a young woman who was a pediatric anesthesiologist. Mm -hmm. What a a neat specialty. It is. It's a great specialty. And she she absolutely, it's her cup of tea, which is really funny because when she was in med school and even when she was in residency, she complained about her peds rotation. Uh She says, Mom, these kids are always trying to die on you. I said, yeah, but they bounce back really quick. And and I think she she got hooked and she's just great with them. Good for her. Yeah. And where in Louisiana? Um, She's going to be in Lafayette. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Well, she did her residency in New Orleans, so I think she was not so much homesick, but she really had kind of really. We like vacationing in New Orleans. Oh, it's lovely. I I really enjoy NOLA. Yeah, we do too. So we have another reason to to go out to Louisiana and And good food too. That's right. That's just amazing. It's the best. The food's the best. (laughs) Now, you were saying that uh, you you got friendly with. physician used to co-host while well, i radio with me dr robin eikoff yes you know one of the neatest per- people in the whole world one of my favorites. and you met her in spin class yes for those who don't know that's a bicycle that doesn't go anywhere that's right we would actually go to a class over here at lifetime fitness on in, in the rim off of 10 yeah 1604 uh-huh and um 5 30 class mondays and wednesdays and fridays Yeah, that would be robin yeah oh yeah we were there uh religiously and of course you know there's only so many crazy folks in the world that would get up that early to go to class and so you get to get get to know these folks and so yeah we've known each other for oh my gosh i want to say a good eight years now um that's how we met and and she lives the philosophy of exercise exercise absolutely she does she does she's amazing and she's a bundle of energy she really is yeah what does she do on vacation she goes hiking i know i know (laughs) no relaxation some people would sit and maybe fish not robin nope not at all and she for a while was a scuba diver yeah Oh, yeah. Very interesting. And I bring that up because one of the things you want to talk about is the importance of incorporating physical activity into our daily lives. Absolutely. Um, I mean, as they, as the saying goes, an object in motion stays in motion. And we find that um, adults, uh, they get to a certain point in their life and they kind of can go one of two ways. They can kind of go sedentary or they can continue to stay active. And you have to make that conscious decision to stay active um, because if you don't, you will more than likely stay sedentary. It it is one of those things. And there's been so many um, studies and research and and proven um, data out there about sedentary lifestyle and how it increases your risk for, uh, for chronic disease. And we really do try to help our folks in the senior centers and in the clinics really be more active. And ideally, it's the ones that never stopped. We do get folks that have, they have, they stopped around 30 or 40, and they just kind of never really picked it back up again. And then they're in the clinic, and they're 60, 70, and the doctor's saying, okay, you know, we really need to get a a handle on your weight. We need to get a handle on your your A1C. Have you thought about walking? And, And so we really try to encourage that. And we have found, especially in our senior centers, we've got um, so much that they offer. They offer Zumba and yoga and and exercise equipment, and they have trainers. It's a real gym there. Hold that thought. I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Cora Duke, our co-host, is on special assignment, and we're enjoying our conversation with Nurse Bethany Davis, a registered nurse, clinical programs manager for WellMed Medical Management, and she works with the clinics across this community and elsewhere. And we're talking about exercise and how important that is. Uh, While there are no magic bullets to cure disease, exercise is pretty close to one, is it not? It really is. It's something that if you continue to stay um, active as you can, 
moving around, um, staying flexible, trying to work on keeping your strength up and using your muscles. It really does help to decrease a lot of risks for injury and your risk for disease as well. And we have found that folks that will actually pursue the healthy lifestyle, the active lifestyle, you find that you're not looking for those endorphins and the sweets and the junk foods. You tend to to, to go a little bit for the more healthier foods. And so it really is a lifestyle that we try to, we try to, we try to instill as a nurse in our patients from birth on. But at, at, once they get to the senior age, it doesn't mean that it's too late. We've got plenty of, plenty of patients that have started and I mean, they've lost weight, they've lowered their A1C, they've lowered their blood now, pressure. Now A1C is a measure of They're, risk for diabetes. Yes, it is. Yes. And that's something that here at WellMed we take very seriously. We do lots of our preventative screening because we want to make sure that our, our patients have a longer, more uh, quality of life. And, and yet in South Texas and across Florida as well, so many people have diabetes. Absolutely. It's, it is really a, a a massive problem that uh, we are seeing type in two type two and we're seeing it with um even children we're younger and younger right two. yeah it's really become a problem a lot of it is related to um weight we have um the a lot of obesity issues um the trend is just kind of growing and a lot of it has to do with diet and uh, lack of physical activity now i know it's a stereotype but you still see kids at bus stops with a big red and a bag of chips. Yeah. And that's do. breakfast. Yeah, and their phone and they're watching something instead right, of exactly. playing or walking and running and biking. Yeah. When I was a kid, and not to date folks, I happen to be seventy six. That's where you say you don't look seventy six. I happen don't. to be Oh, thank you. <laughs> My mom would open the front door of the house at uh, you know, almost the crack of dawn and out we went. Oh yeah. And we didn't come back until it started to get dark. Yeah. Now we had an advantage. Uh, into the 50s, there was no television. Exactly. It didn't come on until 5 when it finally came out. Mm -hmm. So you weren't in there watching Paw Patrol and all the shows aimed at kids and then growing up into the telenovas and what have you. Mm -hmm. So we were out running, jumping, playing. Right. Right, and that's the big difference for kids nowadays. They've seen the shift, um, and you can see the difference in kids. They're they're not as active as they were. Um, there's you know just so many more children struggling with obesity and chronic disease at a much younger age than they ever have. Seeing a uh, teenager or ten, eleven, twelve year old with type two diabetes must tear you up. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking because... Uh, it was preventable. It, it, it is, and it's something that was an adult disease for so many years. And to, so yeah, you used to call it adult-onset diabetes. It used to be. Yeah. Yeah, we can't call it that anymore, no. sadly. And the prevention is the key. It really is. It's the diet and um, exercise. I mean, from children, from the time they're born, really, what they're putting in their mouths and what they're doing with their bodies, it's going to affect them the rest of their life. They're laying the foundation for the rest now, of their for life. for folks who are listening who are saying, okay, she's probably right, I, you know, and they hear it a lot on this program and on Caregiver SOS on air as well. For the person who has been that sedentary slug on a couch for years, how do you get started exercising? Walking, just getting up and just walking because you have to start somewhere. And depending on where you're at and what size you are, you can't just run out and go do a bunch of crazy things. No, because you'll die. Well, it, your body just can't take it. Right. You have to get conditioned to it. Like with anything, you have to, to, to work your way up. So really just getting up and walking, walking a little bit more than you normally would, standing rather than sitting, um, turning off the television is a huge thing. Um, limiting, maybe not cutting everything out, but you know what? Maybe stop getting the Starbucks every morning. And then maybe after that, quit going out to eat every day for lunch. Just little things that you can start doing, little measurable, achievable goals. And before you know it, um, we have patients that will come back to us and say, I did these three things and I lost 20 pounds in a month and my wow. labs changed this and that and the other. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. I maintain the deadliest inventions in our lifetime our TV remotes and garage door openers. Mm. Because, and I remember before I had a garage door opener, literally getting, imagine this, getting out of the car, oh, yeah. walking to the garage door, lifting the door up, pulling in, pulling the door down. Yeah. Now, that was not a lot of exercise, but it was something. Take some effort. <laughs> and to change the TV, I was my parents' TV remote. Mm -hmm. Ronnie, will you go change the channel? And up you'd go and turn the knob, and uh, you got some exercise. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. No, not anymore. We, we've made things 
too convenient and everything is is very instantaneous we have microwaves and you can get just about anything you want quick 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 and so you don't really have to work too hard for it now you look to be in great shape i'm assuming thank you you eat right you were mentioning that you're one of the advanced bicyclists in the uh annual marathon rock and roll marathon where you're ahead of the bikes clearing the highway for them so you got to ride faster than those people. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Have you been biking all your life? Uh, no, I picked up cycling a um, few years ago. Um, I was I started out running back uh, right at right around age 42. I decided I want to start running. We're going to come back to that okay. in just a minute. You're listening right. to WellMed Radio on 930 AM. The answer, our very special guest is Bethany Davis. She is a registered nurse, clinical programs manager, for Wellman Medical Management, I'm Ron Aaron. You hear us at 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Carol Zorniel, we talk a lot about caregiving on Caregiver SOS On Air, but what is it? Caregiving is caring for a family member, a friend, a loved one, someone who's in your life that needs help with bathing, dressing, buying groceries, medical appointments. If you do any of those things, you're a caregiver. And how can this program help? Caregiver SOS On Air has information from people who have been caregivers, who work with caregivers. It can be book authors, scientists, doctors, the latest information on caregiving right here on KLUP. And one of the things we learn from so many folks is they fail to ask for help when they need it. Well, caregivers do need help. We don't like to ask for help, but we need it. And you'll get tips on how to ask for help and how to have a better life as a family caregiver. Plus, there's a great website you can go to, caregiversos.org. Caregiver SOS on air, Sundays at 6 p.m. on 930 a.m., The Answer. Need a nurse? We've got one right here in our studio. I'm Ron Aaron. This is WellMed Radio on 930 a.m., The Answer. Cora Juke, our co-host nurse practitioner on special assignment today, and we're talking with Bethany Davis, who is with the runs the clinical program at WellMed Medical Management, and we're delighted to have her here. We were talking about how you got involved in cycling yeah. uh, because you lead the pack of bicycles in the Rock and Roll Marathon, and some of those folks are really fast. Sure, sure. Yeah, so we um, actually offer cyclist support for the San Antonio Half and Full Rock and Roll Marathon. And there's a motor on your bike, right? Uh, no, I'm the motor. <laughs> so what we do is we actually help lead out the um, the elite runners, the your your ones that are going to place um, first, second, and third. We'll, we'll lead out the top five for the men and the women for the full and the half. We'll also lead out the um, wheelchair um participants as well and I tell you what those folks right there are inspiring what they do it's it's absolutely amazing and it's a lot of fun it's it's a it's a fun time it's a lot of work but it's a great time just to see everybody come out um just you know thousands of people being active and it's truly growing here in San Antonio it has it really has they've done a great job over the years supporting it and of course with the music I mean that makes a big deal and and here in San Antonio you have a little bit of extra flavor because we have the mariachis and the flamenco dancers oh that's cool you're not going to get that anywhere else no you are not (laughs) that's right for you exercise must be a way of life it is um I actually got into doing triathlons a a few years ago and um which is that's where you swim run and bike absolutely yes and um I went on to do a full um, full Ironman last year, my first one, and you really, when you're training for, for those distance, those endurance races, you're training um, several hours a week, twice a day in the gym, every day a week to, to get in the mileage. Now, a- as a triathlon athlete, to do those three sports, I swam in high school, so <laughs> I, I know a little bit about swimming. I swam very slowly, but I, I know a little bit about <laughs> swimming, and you know, I've ridden a bike. Not a professional high-speed bike, but I've ridden a bike, mm-hmm. and I've done some running. You use a lot of different muscles. You do, and I think that's what I like the most about it um, because you don't just do one thing. You're, you're switching it up. So you really it's, – it's a full-body workout. Everything is getting used, um, and, and you really – you're equally sore from head to toe. <laughs> when I swam in high school, my mother used to go to all the meets, of course, uh, and I was so slow – that by the time I was finishing the uh, 200, which was longer than I should have been swimming, 
you could only hear my mother because everyone else was quiet. The swimmers are out of the pool. And you could hear from the stands, go, Ronnie, go. <laughs> Didn't help, but it was nice to have her there, right? Did you swim in high school? I didn't do anything. Um, I, I am a really? late-in-life athlete. I didn't start doing any of this um, until my early 40s, and I just no decided, kidding. why not? <laughs> so for the patient who says, you know, I haven't done anything. I don't, I don't think I can do this. You're a pretty good example. You can. It's never too late to start. And I know folks that are um, older than me that start, and they're definitely, we have um, Ironmen in their 90s. They're out there doing this. So, so what got you off your butt and... Bicycle, swimming, running. You what know, was the motivation? I, I think at the time I had I was going through a divorce, and I think uh, most women in their forties going through a divorce they pick up running, and then I got to meet stress up. relief. Really, it, it it really is. It absolutely is. I think you're you know just taking your mind off it, and then it's either kill them or go out and run. And you know, running is safer, so right. I opted for that and uh, met a bunch of really cool folks. They got me into they got me on the bike. They got me in the pool. Next thing I knew, I'm signing up for these races, and here I am today. Now for the folks who don't know what are the distances in a triathlon so they vary so um the full iron man is a 2.4 mile swim which for most regular folks is about two hours in the water um you have your speeders that are much faster than that i'm not one of them um then you have a bike that is 112 miles that you'll do now, how um, long does that take Five, six hours, and then you have a full marathon at the end. And, again, that's going to vary. Um, a full marathon. A full marathon at the very end. And this is done over three weeks? No, it's done in a day. <laughs> it's a very long day. We start early in the morning. We've got until midnight to be done. And how do you pack enough energy uh, into you so that by the end – you're not just falling flat on your face. So we actually try, uh, nu nutrition is a huge factor in training. You eat constantly, it feels like, when you're in training. Um, and then leading up to, to the race, you're packing lots of calories in. And there's actually special nutrition for racing. Um, little goo gels and, and blocks and, and cubes and all kinds of little snacks that we can take on the bike. You try to get as much in you, as you can before the swim. And then in between each event, there is a time called transition where you're changing and eating kind of at the same time. And it's little on-the-go snacks. You tend to eat the most on the bike because you can pack a lot of stuff on the bike. And so you just sit there and kind of snack while you're while you're riding and um, drink as well. You try to get lots of fluid in, lots of electrolytes. You kind of Gatorade or water or what? Yeah, we have water. We have Gatorade um, in different different brands. Um, right. You want to get the right amount of salt in there and a right amount of sugar and you just kind of, and your protein, everything has to kind of be balanced. And so you, you actually work on that during your training to find out what's the best fit for you. And then on the run, um, you ha you'll take in, you know, so much nutrition every mile or so, so much um, hydration as well. And that just keeps you going. And then I do remember in the last lap of the run for Ironman Texas, they brought out the chicken broth. And I'd heard about this, you know, this beautiful, you know, liquid that comes out. And I tell you, it was like Thanksgiving. <laughs> just drinking that chicken wow. broth. And it sounds so silly right now. But I tell you, when you've been doing all this all day and you get a nice warm chicken broth in your belly. It's, it's high in salt, but you need it because you've sweated it all yes, out, right? It was the best thing ever. I, I tell you, that is, that's my favorite, favorite <laughs> memory. <laughs> of the three sports, what's your favorite? Um, that's hard to say. Um, Swimming is the least painful, um, but it's the most dangerous. And then cycling, in a way, is it's easier than the swim, but it's a lot more technical and dangerous than the run. Running is the safest, if you will. You're not going to fall off your bike. You're not going to drown. Um, but it's the hardest on your body. So... Especially on pavement. Yeah, and and it's really it. So it's it's hard to pick any one three. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick the bike. You read so often in this community of bicyclists being killed, yes. riding on the highway, which just tears you up. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you ride? I well, we try not to ever ride on the highway, but we do ride on the access roads, um, and we try to ride in groups. Country roads are ideal. The problem is most folks that drive out in the country aren't fans of cyclists, and some of them will purposefully hit us, so it's not necessarily safe. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. That's a felony. 
It is. It is absolutely a felony, um, but it's also a, a reality, unfortunately. So we, we, it's important to try to ride in groups. You're less likely to be targeted if you're if you're with somebody. Lights are important. Following all the the laws, making sure that you're riding with traffic, not on the sidewalks. You don't run the light. Um, those are all helpful. But really, it's it, if we could do a better job educating um, the general public, they, they get mad at you sometimes. Why aren't you on the sidewalk? Well, that's against the law. <laughs> so right. in some of it, they, it's just, um, I don't want to say ignorance. It's just lack of knowledge. They just are not aware that, um, that they need to give us three feet and, and all of that. So they'll aim at you. They can, yeah, wow. they absolutely can, and, and I've seen it. I mean, they, they will. They'll or they'll they'll roll coal on you as soon as they pass by, and you've got a big old black of uh, smoke in your face. Um, but it, but we have they have actually um, aimed to, to hit, and they're probably not trying to kill as much as scare. But it just depends on how well, they flip you. You know, you don't have any armor on, and you're on a bike. Yeah, yeah, and for, it's very unfortunate. Wow. It's yeah, it's scary. And then, uh, of course, swimming, you mentioned you can drown, but that doesn't happen very often. It really you doesn't. Have lost any triathletes? Heart there, attack, maybe. The, yeah, no, there has been some folks. Um, yeah, heart attack is, is one. And I think in some of the op- well, the, the bigger events are all open water. Oh, I, so ocean water? Yeah, I think the ones out in the in the ocean, I think there's there's a little bit more risk there just because of undertow. And that has happened. It doesn't happen often. <coughs> sharks. What about sharks? I don't personally do, do, know do, 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 of do. any <laughs> shark attacks. I think um, most of the time, same thing goes for gators. When you're out and mm. there's that many of you, most wildlife are going to stay away from you. There's just They don't want to mess with uh, thousands of people frolicking in the water. I saw a segment on uh, one of the cable shows dealing with uh, gators, mm. and they can run at like 35, 40 oh, yeah. miles an hour on land. They sure can. Fat body, stubby legs. How the heck do they do that? I don't know. They're, those are. I grew up with gators in Florida, and they're not to be messed no, with. No, <laughs> they're not. Wow. And you see them around here more and more because the weather is becoming warmer and warmer. It is. It is. And we're not a far cry from Louisiana. Right. So, so they come on up here for a snack. Why not? <laughs> wow. And then for running, are you, do you run every day? No, um, two or three times a week. And, and again, especially being a woman, and when there's been lots of uh, female right. runners attacked and, and, and hurt and murdered even. Um, we try not to run alone, try to run with group. Um, our gym has a, a group that runs um, in the mornings or in the evenings. You're still with Lifetime Fitness? I am. I've been there. It's That's my second home there all the time. And there's lots of other running groups around San right. Antonio. Right. Um but we, we do try to, again, and try to run during the day, uh, you know, have your lights on if you're running hmm. at sunset or, or sunrise or in the dark and wear reflective clothing and, and know to run against traffic. Um, that way the cars can see you. Andrew Morgan, who we have on the show from time to time, who's got a doctorate in physical therapy, uh, just won an indoor triathlete competition. Nice. So he was saying that, uh, you know, they do everything you do in a triathlon, but it's indoors. Yeah, those are fun. I've done a couple of those. You swim in the pool, and then you um, ride on the spin bike, and then you run the treadmill. Those are fun. Those are a lot of fun. So do you have one of the fancy spin bikes at home? I don't. I have. Um, a, I see the ads. They're very appealing. They are. For the uh, Peloton. Robin has one. She's, of she's she always does. always talking to me yeah. about it. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I actually have. Um, it's called a trainer that I can stick my bike on. And oh. and it will actually um, I can it syncs with my watch and I right. can I can uh, calibrate just distance um, and speed. There's no climbing, obviously, and that's where you stick on Game of Thrones and you get to going. <laughs> <laughs> so are you still then going to spin class too? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Must be fun. Oh, we. Love I've it. tried it. Yeah. I have tried it. There, I, I tell you, when I first, t- I took my very first spin class was either 2011 or 2012, and I remember. The first 20 minutes feeling like it was four hours. And then the last 40 minutes went by pretty fast. So that's yeah. why I decided to come back. But, yeah, it definitely takes some getting used to it's when it. when you crank up the resistance. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. But it's fun. They have the lights off and they have, like, the music going. Music's rocking. Yeah, and the instructors are great. They just keep you motivated and you're sweating all over the place. And before you know it, you're done and you burned a 1,000 calories. 
Now, have you uh, infected your family with the fitness bug? As much as I can. Um, my fiance is an avid cyclist, and he goes with me to all of my uh, triathlon, triathlon, excuse me, events. Um, <laughs> I do usually manage to persuade, guilt, um, beg my family to do a once a year family 5K, usually at Thanksgiving. And it's hilarious. In a competition or just on your own? Just to do it t- together as a family. Right. And every year they complain about it. And every year it's a hassle. And then every year we do it. And then when they're done, they're so happy that they did it. And right. they're so proud of themselves. And I try to tell them every year we go through <laughs> this. So why don't you remember this? For you working now uh, to try to get seniors active. Yes. Uh, you, sometimes you go to the uh, uh, WellMed Senior Centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you go to clinics. Uh, what's the key to getting somebody who hasn't been active to click in and do it? So really, we have to meet them where they're at. Um, one of the things that we do offer at the clinics is we have patient education classes on diabetes and all the chronic diseases, healthy living, healthy um, lifestyles. And we do talk about um, exercise and physical activity. And so we do try to cross-refer, if you will, to our community centers um, and most of our community centers are attached to a WellMed clinic. Right. So if they are right there, it's just a matter of walking them over there and giving them a tour. And I tell you what, it's I can't wait to be a senior. It's like a, a country club. I mean, the the stuff that they offer at these these centers is amazing. They have pool tournaments. They have uh, bingo. They have library. They have the internet cafe. They have a free meal every day. They've got coffee. They've got art classes, cooking classes. Zumba. They have a movie theater that shows um, current movies, movies that are being shown right now. That way the seniors can actually be relatable to their um, grandkids without having to go and pay a gazillion dollars and go to a, a movie theater. Yeah, going to theater is not cheap. It's not, and it's a hassle to get in and out of the little seats and with all the, the popcorn and everything, and most seniors are not there. That's a, overwhelming and intimidating to do. Here they can just go. It's it's free. It's comfortable. It's where, they, you know, where they're new, used to going, and then they can actually talk to their grandkids about what they saw, and they can actually relate. They have the Zumba classes. They have aerobics classes. They have sit and be fit. Um, you name it, little lightweight uh, classes that they do. And then they have an entire gym, and they have trainers there. And these are this is nice equipment. I go to Lifetime Fitness, which is a, one of the best gyms out there. And it's it's equitable. It really is. So it's treadmills. It's stair steppers. It. It's weights, weights. All of it. Yeah, elliptical. You name it. They have it all. And it's free to seniors, it sixty is. and over. Sixty five and older. And it's also free to the, yeah all all. You don't have to be a well made patient right. to right. to take advantage of it. So just getting them in and getting them to you know just maybe sit in on a on a, a yoga class or a Zumba class. They love it. They absolutely love it. So it's just a matter of getting them, just get in there and just kind of check it out. And then once they're in, and then they bring their friends. That's the best part. They bring their neighbors and their friends. And then there's a whole bunch. You walk into one of them today, that place is full. Now, you mentioned often uh, if you're going to start exercising, it's helpful to have a buddy. It is. If you have somebody to help you be accountable, um, then you're a little bit more likely. And that goes for any age. Um, if if you, you get up early in the morning, oh, I really don't want to do this today, but your friend's texting you, hey, I'm going to meet you there, you'll show up. In fact, we noticed uh, this morning, uh, without debating daylight savings and standard time, it is dark in the morning now. It is. It so if you're a runner who likes to run in the morning, because it's cooler usually, uh, you're at risk of getting hit by a car. Yeah, you have to. You do Your need to be careful. Reflective clothing and lights. Right, and and run with a buddy. Run with somebody else. Uh, safety in numbers. Have your lights on. Make sure you're running against the grain of traffic. If you're so you're running facing traffic. Yeah, that way you can see the cars coming at you, and you can they can see you coming at them. And so many times uh, I've been on, a, especially uh, side streets, not Broadway, for example, or, or Northwest Military Highway or South East Military. Uh, just a side street, and there are people walking wearing all black. Yes. And you can't see them. You can't, and that's unfortunate because a lot of exercise clothing comes in black because it's very flattering, <laughs> but it's not very safe. You really need the high-vis, and, and if that's fine, if that's all you have is black, you can actually buy little vests and little belts, like the safety belts, almost like the patrols that wear. Right. And they're inexpensive. You can get them just about anywhere, and so that right there would be a safety. Tell you a funny story about uh, black and women. A friend of mine who is a rabbi 
at Temple Bethel where I belong. Mm-hmm. We were at an event not long ago, and she wanted to meet somebody who who I knew. And I said, uh, "Well, she's over there in a black dress." And she looked at me and she said, <laughs> "Every woman's in a black dress." <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hadn't so thought about true. it. So true. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> and the theory is it makes you look thinner. That's that's the theory. I, I don't know. I, I don't either. <laughs> As you think about the advancement in equipment, for example, for people who've never run before, should they go out and spend 300 bucks on shoes? Maybe not $300 in shoes, but I definitely would go to a run store. Um, I, uh, when I first started running, I actually just bought the cheapy shoes at the store, and my knees were, you know, terrible because I was, you know, I wasn't a young person starting to run, and I had... Were you in your 40s? Yeah, and I had never run before, you know, besides PE and school, if you will. Um, So I thought, oh, my knees are bad, I can't run. And so I had some friends of mine tell me, you know what, you can run, just go get some good shoes. And so I went, at the time it was called Run On, and now it's called I Run. Um, Mitch and Michelle own it, and they've got like three stores now. And they would actually fit you, they watch how you run, and they they like, okay, so you tend to run this way or that way, I suggest this shoe for you to help prevent injury and it was a miracle made a difference made a huge difference and i probably yeah i probably invested you know between 50 and 100 dollars which sounds like a lot but you're going to use well, some kids sneakers can be that exactly you're and they're and they're they're cute unless you're smart like my wife and buy online there you go and only on sale <laughs> So, yeah, if you can invest in a good pair of running shoes, um, it totally makes it worth it. It really does. Now, what about some of the other gear? It just depends. Um, for runners, a light is, is important if you're going to be running. You mentioned the strap with a light, like yeah. a crossing guard. You can do that, or you can get the kind that clip onto your hat or onto your belt or onto your shoes. There's all kinds of stuff out there that you can get, and usually pretty inexpensive. Um, water bottles, uh, hydration bottles that you can carry, you can actually get uh, belts that you can put them on if you're going to go on a long run to carry snacks and, and, and water bottles. Um, so those are all good investments. But I, I wouldn't say go out and do that for your very first starting and running. Just get get some shoes, get out there and run. And then, you know, if you something that you're going to want to do and you're wanna going to kind of do more and more than maybe – Put off on getting the other stuff till How later. How do you fit that Big Mac into that belt when you're running? Well, that's not something you're going to want to eat on a run. <laughs> Maybe after the run, you might want one. <laughs> now, with the amount of exercise you do, you can probably eat anything. Well, you know, people say that, and I think um, when I'm in certain mode of training, I probably could because you need to get so many calories in. But um, it's what kind of calories you're taking in because you need a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of carbohydrates, a certain amount of electrolytes. So it's really not smart to just eat everything because then you might just be really, really tired or have a real big burst of energy because you had lots of carbs, but then you're going to crash later. So it's real important to kind of look at what you're putting in your mouth and not go too crazy. I mean, I have been known to want to inhale an entire cheeseburger after <laughs> a really long run, but it probably wasn't the best choice. <laughs> How many calories uh, is normal a day for men and women? Oh, it, d- it depends on your age. It depends on how much you weigh. Um, it, it just really depends. I, it, of course, it, your weight often reflects what you've been eating. It, it does. It does. So it, it, it's a very um, it, it's one of those things that you really want to work with your provider to try to find, figure out where you're at, what your goals are. Are you looking to maintain your, your weight right now? Are you looking to lose? Are you looking to gain? Um, that will kind of help puts you where you're supposed to be. And then your body type, if you're a very tall, muscular man as opposed to a very small, um, slender woman, you're going to have very different needs caloric-wise. Yeah, I'm an endomorph living in an ectomorph spot. <laughs> For those who don't remember high school biology, look it up. <laughs> as you think about uh, where we're going, and people now are living longer mm-hmm. and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a, a 90-year-old who competes in Ironman competitions. Mm-hmm. That's not as rare as it used to be. You, you read about people 85, 90 who are running marathons mm-hmm. once a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's absolutely true. We, we're, we are doing, in some ways, really good justice to, um, to the lifestyle of being healthy and being fit. So there is definitely um, 
a big surge for folks to really want to stay healthy and they want to stay active and especially those uh, that are middle-aged because we'll take a week or so off and then we try to get started again and we see how hard it is we're like you know we're never going to stop because if we stop again we might not start Um, so there is that pocket of of people that really they've kind of caught the bug and they're really working on it Um, so there is some hope there to see that it can be done it's just a matter of getting more and more people to to kind of realize you know that the fast food um, the high sugar the processed food all of those things are so detrimental to our bodies Um, and really trying to change that mindset it's difficult because it's usually cheap and it's fast um, and that's what people go for they gravitate for it it's inexpensive it's a dollar menu let me just go grab a couple well the companies know what they're doing they absolutely do and that and that's unfortunate because uh, some of our um, lower income folks are are more susceptible to that we had a guest on last week from uh, Wellman at Mesquite Clinic uh, uh, Dr. A uh, who said that uh, there's evidence that some of these companies are putting sugar into hamburgers. Oh. And the purpose, of course, is uh, to make it sweet and to hook you on it. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I would believe that probably to be true. It's, it's unfortunate, but um, that's, you know, it's big business. And um, folks will definitely. Uh, and they need repeat business. They do. They do. And, and it's, it, it really is. It's sad. Um, and, and people don't realize that you can really just kind of, change your mindset and I hear about folks giving up things for Lent and how hard they're struggling and by the time they're done a lot of people will say you know what I really I, I kind of lost my sweet craving I'm like well then don't go back and just stay because once you start back again you, it just kind of it's a vicious cycle. Robin Eikhoff, Dr. Eikhoff went through a period where she was doing uh, no sugar for I remember that. 30, 40 days or yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and it's true once you get to that point you really don't want it anymore. You don't. No, it's just like anything that's addictive, um, anything that, that really kind of feeds those, those hormones in your brain that, that gives you that, that pleasure sensation. Exactly, the endorphins. You can get those in running, which I try to tell my friends. Right. If you get to the third mile, I swear they will kick in, huh. and you just got to get there. Now, when you run a uh, marathon, 26 miles mm-hmm. plus, uh, do you hit a wall before you get to the end? Is, is there a point where... That's it. I don't know if I can go any further, and you, you do. You shouldn't. If you've trained right and you've eaten, if you've taken in the right nutrition, you should not hit the wall. You, now, can you hit the wall? Absolutely. If you, if you haven't trained right, your nutrition's not right, you're sick, what have you, there's lots of things that factor into it. But um, generally, if you have uh, been following your training plan and you've eaten correctly and you're well hydrated, you should be fine. And is it best to hook up with a group that's got a trainer who knows what they're doing? It's different for everyone. Um, There's lots of great stuff on the Internet for for how to train for either a triathlon or a marathon or what have you. I have found um, most people do better with a support system, either joining a group um, or hiring a coach. Um, I think that people tend to do a little bit better. Everybody's different on how they want to do it, but there's definitely some good advice out there. There can be conflicting advice, so you kind of have to find what works for you. Now, I know here in uh, San Antonio through the uh, Jewish Community Center, uh, every year they hold the Senior Olympics where uh, folks uh, from across the country uh, come here and compete in in a variety of sports, uh, which again shows you that age should not be and is not a barrier. Absolutely. I totally agree. And that's and I love that center and I love the everything that they have to offer there. And so that that is such an amazing opportunity, I think. And I think that's something we really need to highlight more. A lot of folks don't know about that. I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. And, and then for those, you said you belong to a, a gym, mm-hmm. a, a facility. A lot of folks can't afford that. Yeah. Do yeah. you need that? I mean, you've got the WellMed senior centers, which have a lot of that equipment. Absolutely. So if you have access um, and you are uh, the right age, you can go to any of our senior centers and get everything you need absolutely free. We don't currently have any in San Antonio that are associated with a pool. So if you're looking for swimming, that's something you're going to have to to look at. I know that the JCC... JCC has a heated pool. Yeah, I love their pool. um, Which they're now going to be expanding. Oh, excellent. They yeah. need to. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, and I know that their membership fees are pretty reasonable, yes. too. And, and they'll work with you. Mm-hmm. So and, and it costs money to maintain the building and to hire people. Yeah, exactly. But it's a beautiful facility, so it's well worth it. As you take a look down the road, I had mentioned to you uh, that we're an aging society, that more and more people are living longer and longer and longer. 
my mother used to say, died in early 90s, she said, you know, Ronnie, everything hurts. Everything hurts. So living long is not always a blessing. And that's true because it's depending on where you're at in life and in whatever injuries you've had or any chronic diseases you have, things definitely start creaking. Um, I will say that swimming, even though I'm not great at it, and yoga are probably the two things I plan to take with me as in, well, to the grave. That, that, well, I those love walking. Don't hurt. Yeah. I love walking in a pool. Oh, yeah. Those are it's great. It's great because they, uh, they are. no matter what you've got, that water takes it away. It does. That buoyancy. So uh, all of a sudden, you're Superman. Absolutely. Or and, woman. Yeah. And it's it's really good. It's, it's I see a lot of these water aerobics classes, and they the folks just love it. I joined one uh, uh, water aerobics class at, at one point thinking, you know, this, how tough could this be? Oh, it's a lot of work. It is real tough. <laughs> it is. You don't, You can't move as fast in the water oh. as you think you can. <laughs> All right. Hang on there, Bethany Davis. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to WellMed Radio at 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Carol Zornio, we talk a lot about caregiving on Caregiver SOS On Air, but what is it? Caregiving is caring for a family member, a friend, a loved one, someone who's in your life that needs help with bathing, dressing, buying groceries, medical appointments. If you do any of those things, you're a caregiver. And how can this program help? Caregiver SOS On Air has information from people who have been caregivers, who work with caregivers. It can be book authors, scientists, doctors, the latest information on caregiving right here on KLUP. And one of the things we learn from so many folks is they fail to ask for help when they need it. Well, caregivers do need help. We don't like to ask for help, but we need it. And you'll get tips on how to ask for help and how to have a better life as a family caregiver. Plus, there's a great website you can go to, caregiversos.org. Caregiver SOS on air, Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Well, we've been having just the best time talking with registered nurse Bethany Davis, who is with WellMed Medical Management. She serves as clinical programs manager and is involved in a lot of activities that affect folks who are Medicare-eligible seniors across our community and a lot of activities that affect those who are in nursing and are looking to progress, maybe to a nurse practitioner and beyond. I'm Ron Aaron. Bethany is with us. Cora Juke, our co-host, is on special assignment today. One of the things uh, I want to bring up, and you mentioned it off the air, uh, every year there is the diet of the year, the bacon diet, the pumpkin diet, the asparagus (laughs) diet. The California, the Los Angeles, the Florida, every year that there's a new diet. Yeah. Do they work? Well, I wouldn't say that they don't work, um, but sometimes we have a lot of folks that get, uh, they fall prey to these these fad diets, and they do get results. And the problem is, is folks want that instant gratification. They want to lose weight. They want to lose it now. Um, it's a Nutrisystems ad. Lose 18 pounds in a week. Oh, yeah. And, and you can. The problem with these diets is if you lose weight too quickly, the chances of you gaining it back are phenomenal. Why? Because you haven't done it in such a way that your body's adjusting and you're losing the right kind of weight. You can lose water. You can lose muscle. And that all shows up as weight. A scale just shows you pounds. Scale doesn't know. It doesn't know. So what you, if you're actually looking to lose weight, what you want to lose is fat. You don't want to lose your um, hydration. You don't want to lose your muscle. And um, people don't realize that, oh, I lost five pounds. Well, you're dehydrated or you, <laughs> or you lost the muscle that you worked so hard to, to, to gain right. last week. Um, so you just defeated everything. Just as soon as you drink something and you go back to the gym, you're going to gain it all back. Um, studies have shown that it's you, if you eat right and you exercise and you decrease your caloric intake, you know, say 500 calories a day, you can lose maybe half a pound a week. Um, but most people are not that patient, so they know they can start. I think the keto diet is the big one right now, and, and people are real. And you what can. Is that? It's um, the high protein, low carb, basically putting your body into ketoacidosis, which um, in nursing world we're totally told to avoid, especially for diabetic patients. It's very stressful on your kidneys. Um, so that's not something that we necessarily want to promote. Um, so we always encourage any, any of our, our, our seniors that come to class, and they'll ask the educators, hey, what about this diet? What about this diet? And we'll say, you know what? 
you need to talk to your provider about that. That needs to be something that um, a nutritionist and a dietitian and, and that your provider can help take into consideration any medications that you're on, any di- um, diseases that you're currently, or diagnosis that you currently have that might be affected by a certain type of fat diet. I know a woman who uh, works in radio in this city who maintains, as many women do, there is no such thing as too thin. Mm. So, How do women believe that? Uh, yeah, More I, than men. Yeah, I, I think that's something that's become a stereotype over the years. Um, I, I like to think that we've made a little bit of a shift towards strong as the new skinny. We're seeing a lot more women um, oh, I like that. lifting weights and, and getting a little bit more meat on our bones. It actually helps um, our seniors um, when they're older. Our female patients are more at risk for osteoporosis and um, their bones breaking right. from a fall. And so if you are too thin, then that, that is a problem. And for these fad diets, once you're off it, why do you end up putting on more weight than you took off? It just depends. Um, I mean, that, that happens often, it, it can, seems. Yeah, it, it, seems. It, it can if you really kind of mess with your metabolism and you're no longer, your body goes into starvation mode, then you're not going to be able to, your body thinks, oh, we're, 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 we're running out of food. Something must be wrong. I mean, that's how we were built to survive for so right. many years. Um, then we need to start just storing everything as fat, just storing everything as fat. And, um, and then people wonder why they can't lose it later on. Or just the fact that they go back to eating the way they used to, thinking, oh, I'm invincible now. Well, you're just going to pile it all back on. It's like people who have had, uh, stomach banding surgery, mm, yeah. who then go back to where they used to eat. That's unfortunate because that's, it's, that's a it's lot of health work. risk, too. Yeah, yeah, and it really is. It's, it's, it's not safe. So I want to thank you for coming on. For people who want to know more, uh, where do you offer your classes? Are they at the senior centers? So we have them at, uh, at the WellMed clinics, 26 clinics here in San Antonio and surrounding areas. So that's going to be Bernie, Pleasanton, Floresville, Seguin. Um, out in um, Bolverde and all over San Antonio, cool. and then also in our senior centers. All right. mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having Bethany me. Bethany Davis, registered nurse uh, with WellMed uh, Medical Management. It's been a delight talking to you. Thank you. Have a great day. You and, too. Uh, we'll look for pictures of you leading the elite runners on your, <laughs> on your bicycle, clearing the highway. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. I'm Ron Aaron for Cora Juke, who is on special assignment. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio. We come to you on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. You've been enjoying WellMed Radio, an exclusive presentation of WellMed Medical Management. Join us next week for more on your health and well-being. For more information on WellMed or to hear this broadcast again, go to wellmedmedicalgroup.com. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio.